Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode on Rising Above Shadows of Abuse, Raza. I'm your host, Grace Hopper. UK National News on Abuse. The Observer by Nicola Kelly, 20th of May, 2023. Asylum seekers abused and intimidated by staff in home office hotels. Asylum seekers staying at home office hotels in and around Liverpool are alleged to have been harassed, humiliated and subjected to verbal and emotional abuse from senior hotel staff, according to an investigation for The Observer. Sources working for the home office subcontractor, SECO, have described what they believe is a culture of institutional abuse at five Merseyside hotels, including the Suites Hotel in Nosley, where violent far-right protests took place in February. Sources include current and former contractors recruited to work in home office hotels for SECO. On one occasion, sources said that senior Seiko staff chased an asylum seeker diagnosed with cystrophenia into his hotel room, rattled the handle and shouted abuse at him from behind a locked door. It is understood that the managers were aware of his condition. A source said you've got someone who's paranoid cystrophenia being told, if I see you outside, you better run, then kicking his door to intimidate him and laughing about it when he got distressed. It's verbally and psychologically very, very aggressive behavior. The power dynamics are stacked against the service users. The source added that they were not aware that any senior managers working at the five hotels had received training in mental health and trauma support and claimed that the provision of medication, including for the man with paranoia, is not carefully managed. Sources also allege a member of the hotel staff repeatedly used racist language when referring to the asylum seekers. They also claim senior hotel staff deny people water and food and shout and swear at anyone who requests support, telling them fuck off and call migrant help. More than 50,000 asylum seekers are now being accommodated in home office run hotels at a cost of more than 6 million a day in 2019. Seiko was awarded a 1.9 billion contract by the department to manage asylum accommodation and support over a 10 year term. A Seiko spokesperson said, Seiko has rigorously investigated the claims that have been put to us by the observer and found that they are without foundation. They do not have any basis in fact and contain a number of significant inaccuracies, which as we have pointed out to the observer, significantly undermines the credibility of their story. No complaints have been made by any asylum seeker in our care directly to us via the Seiko whistleblowing line or through any of the comprehensive, robust and independent complaint procedures that are available to asylum seekers, our employees and partners. A member of the hotel staff reportedly said that if a protest took place outside their hotel, they would join it. Claims were also made to the observer that staff were told by senior leaders not to provide hot drinks including in the winter, with chefs feeling under constant pressure to make fewer, cheaper meals. Sometimes people go hungry because they are not making enough food and running out of it quickly, a source said. They are told to make 160 meals for about 225 people, so not everyone gets to eat.
Another source said they were banned from working at the Central Liverpool Hotel after speaking out about abuse they had witnessed, saying it felt like a lads club where if you help someone, you're ridiculed in front of everyone, they said. They usually say you're just creating work for yourself. If you challenge them, your shifts get cut. You're basically only rewarded if you bully the service users. A former cycle contractor left recently due to stress and claims of bullying. He says, I felt so guilty leaving, but I couldn't stay for my own mental health. I believe that no matter where you're from, you're entitled to a nice life. But instead, they are being bullied because they are vulnerable. They've got no one to stand up for them. Responding to the allegations, a Home Office spokesperson said, We have thoroughly investigated these allegations, but cannot find any evidence to substantiate them. The well-being and safety of those in our care is paramount. We have robust safeguarding measures and dedicated welfare teams across all asylum sites to ensure that every asylum seeker is treated with dignity and has access to the support they need. What are your thoughts about this? Kindly leave a comment. Thank you. CBS News, May 17th, 2023. A woman who killed a rapist while defending herself gets six years in Mexican prison. She says, if I hadn't done it, I would have been dead today. She was attacked and raped in 2021, but was sentenced to more than six years in prison, a decision her legal defense called discriminatory and vowed to appeal on Tuesday. The ruling against Roxana Ruiz spurred anger from experts and feminist groups who said it speaks to the depth of gender-based violence and Mexico's poor record of bringing perpetrators of sexual violence to justice. This would be a bad precedent if this sentence were to hold. It's sending a message to women that you know what, the law says you can defend yourself but only to a point, said Angel Carrera, her defense lawyer. He raped you but you don't have the right to do anything. The Associated Press does not normally identify sexual assault victims but Ruiz has given her permission to be identified and participates in public demonstrations led by activists to support her. While the Mexican state court found on Monday that Ruse had been raped, it said the 23-year-old was guilty of homicide with excessive use of legitimate defense, adding that hitting the man in the head would have been enough to defend herself. Ruse was also ordered to pay more than $16,000 in reparation to the family of the man who raped her. In May 2021, Ruiz was working selling French fries in one of the 11 municipalities in the Mexico state with an ongoing gender alert for femicides and another one for forced disappearances of women. While having a beer with a friend, Ruiz, an indigenous mystical woman, and a single mother from the state of Waxaca met a man she had seen around the neighborhood. After hanging out, he offered to walk her home and later asked to stay the night because it was late and he was far from home. Ruiz agreed to let him sleep on a mattress on the floor. But while she slept, he climbed onto her bed, hit her, tore off her clothes and raped her, according to Ruiz's legal defense. Ruiz fought back, hitting him in the nose. He threatened to kill her. And in the struggle to free herself, she killed him in self-defense. 
In a panic, Ruiz put the man's body in a bag and dragged it out to the street where passing police arrested her. Despite telling the police she had been raped, Carrera said a forensic exam was never taken. A crucial step in prosecuting sexual violence cases. Instead, an officer responded that she probably wanted to have sex with the man at first and then changed her mind, he said. I regret what I did, but if I hadn't done it, I would be dead today, Ruiz told the Associated Press in an interview last year. Adding, it's evident that the state wants to shut us up, wants us to be submissive, wants us closed up inside, wants us dead. Women's rights groups have repeatedly accused Mexican authorities of re-victimizing survivors and failing to judge cases with a gender perspective. Ruiz spent nine months in jail on charges of homicide with excess of legitimate self-defense and was finally released to await trial. Nearly half of Mexican women have experienced sexual violence in their lifetime, government data shows. In 2022, Mexican government registered a total of 3,754 women, an average of 10 a day, who were intentionally killed. A significant jump from the year before, only a third were investigated as femicides. That number is likely just a fraction of the real number due to rising disappearances and lack of reporting of violence in the country. Angelica Ospina, gender fellow for International Crisis Group in Mexico, said she worries that the sentencing may empower victimizers while discouraging women from reporting gender-based violence or defend themselves. The case points to just how normalized gender-based violence is in Mexico and other parts of Latin America, Ospina said. When a woman defends herself, the system is particularly efficient in processing and sentencing her without taking into consideration the conditions in which she killed the man, Ospina said. Outside the courtroom, a tearful ruse stood before the crowd, thanking feminist group and the women who had supported her through the years-long judicial process. Speaking to the crowd, she thought of her four-year-old son. My son, I hope to see you again. I hope to stay with him. To be the one who watches him grow, ruse said. What are your thoughts about this? Can you leave a comment? Thank you. Angelina gave birth at 13 after being raped. Now her alleged attacker lives next door. Young indigenous girls in rural Guatemala are being forced into motherhood as rampant sexual violence goes unpunished in a country where abortions are illegal. Just a teenager herself, she was thrown into motherhood after her 54-year-old neighbor allegedly raped her when she was just 13. Now she's trapped living next door to him. She had twin daughters. Angelina and her mother reported the rape to the authorities. Her alleged abuser paid about $750 to be released on bail. He then returned to her village in Guatemala's northern region of Alta Verapaz and built a property next door to Angelina's family, despite them having a restraining order against him. She says, one day he may rape me again. That's what I don't want in my life. That's why I think about leaving, taking my children with me, but I don't know where, and that stops me. Guatemala, the Central American nation of 17 million, is known for its high teen pregnancy rates, 
Across the country, there were 17,648 births from mothers between the ages of 10 and 19, registered between January and April this year. Of these, 632 were from mothers under the age of 14. The situation is partly there in Alta Verapaz, a remote mountainous region that is home to rural indigenous communities and where an overwhelming number of young girls fall pregnant as the result of rape. Abortion is illegal in Guatemala, so young girls like Angelina are forced to become mothers. Sexual violence is widespread in Guatemala, but even if the families of abused girls report it, the chances of getting justice are slim. Only 3% of reported sexual violence cases in Guatemala are investigated, and abusers can buy their freedom easily, according to Sexual and Reproductive Health Observatory, OSA. OSAR, a local organization that supports girls who have been sexually exploited. Angelina's story was shocking that a caseworker with OSA helped her find a pro bono lawyer. It has also inspired a campaign called Angelina Law that lobbies for amendment to the national legislation to remove the option of bail for alleged rapists of children under 14. Last June, a political party called Movimento Simila put forward the proposed legislation to the Guatemalan Congress. However, progress has been slow. The entire state has failed the girls. Not enough is done to prevent violence. Attention to victims is insufficient and there are no guarantees of justice, said Ligia Hernandez Gomez, one of the Simila members who presented the initiative at the Congress. Back in Alta Verapaz, Angelina lives in fear, awaiting a court date scheduled for 2025, six years after the event that changed her life. Forced to leave school to support her daughters and earning a $4 a day, Angelina can't move. I want this man to go to jail. That's why I reported it and struggled on with this process, she said. It will make me very happy if he pays for what he did to me. Camelina Chokos is Osa's only case working out of Vera Pass. She bridges the gap between indigenous girls and the healthcare system that they often navigate for the first time. One day, she brings a nurse along to a heavily pregnant 18-year-old whose mother says she couldn't afford to take her to a health center. Another day, she takes a pregnant 14-year-old for an ultrasound. Both girls were raped. Girls in this isolated and poor rural area are particularly vulnerable. There is no phone signal to call for help. With houses scattered across the countryside, neighbors are out of earshot. In most cases, attackers are male neighbors or close family members. When girls are left alone in their homes, many men realize that mom and dad are not there and they go to assault the girls, she said. According to Osa, between January and March this year, there were 2,171 registered births from mothers between the ages of 10 and 19. And she says the government isn't doing enough and the normalization of sexual violence against indigenous women has been deeply rooted in Guatemalan society since the civil war. During the 36-year armed conflicts, which ended in 1996, the indigenous Maya population was subjected to mass killings rape and other atrocities that amounted to genocide. In a historic verdict in January last year, 
Guatemala's highest court sentenced five former paramilitary members to 30 years each in prison for crimes against humanity for the rape of 36 Maya Achi women in early 1980s. Ms. Gomez says the country needs comprehensive sexual education and culturally relevant resources. She says justice is not only about punishing the aggressors or predators, but also about restitutive measures that allow girls to rebuild their lives. A grassroots organization, Nalebek, is working to address this issue in Alta Verapaz, educating indigenous girls about their rights and their reproductive health and teaching them how to grow crops to sell to become independent. But most girls in poor rural communities have no access to any kind of support. It is an overwhelming feeling because it's not just one. There are so many of them, Miss Kojok of Osa says. What are your thoughts about this? Can you leave a comment? Thank you. Mayor News. 12th of May 2023. Coronation Street rapists with 13 life sentences back in jail six weeks after release. Andrew Barlow was given 11 life sentences in 1988 for raping 11 women and two more in 2010 and 2017 when he was linked to two more through advances in DNA technology. He was recalled back to prison after some couple of weeks when he was found trying to rape another woman. Metro News, 16th of May 2023. Anna Nicole Smith claimed biological father tried to have sex with her after reuniting. Anna Nicole Smith claimed her biological father, Donald Hogan, tried to have sex with her when they reunited for the first time in two decades. The Playboy model, who died at the age of 39 in 2007 from an accidental drug overdose, is the subject of a new Netflix documentary, Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me. As well as her fame and tragic death, the feature explores Smith's troubled family background, including her late father, who is described as a monster by his own son and Smith's half-brother, Donnie Hogan. Smith had been estranged from her father for 24 years before hiring a private detective who tracked him down after establishing herself in Hollywood and securing campaigns for the likes of guest jeans. The investigators located Hogan, who died of lung cancer at the age of 62 in 2009, with Smith immediately booking a flight to reconnect with them. In archive footage shown in the documentary, Smith, who was born Vicky Lynn Hogan, is seen rushing out of the airport to embrace Hogan and Donnie before taking a limousine to Disneyland to spend the day together. Smith later invited both her father and brother to a Playboy party in her honor, but after the party, her friend Melissa Missy Byram tells program makers that Hogan was never seen again. Donnie, meanwhile, says, I wanted Vicky to know the truth. My father is not a type of guy you want to be alone with or feel safe with. You're not going to feel safe. I mean, he's a monster. Donnie explains that he was 16 when his father told him he had raped his wife's sister, who was a child at the time. According to the Garden, Hogan pleaded guilty to the rape of Smith's aunt and another teenage girl and spent six months in jail. He's very scary. I was always afraid of him, Donnie continues. 
Following up the trip, Missy says she asked Smith how meeting Hogan went, but she replied that she didn't want to talk about it. Missy continues, when we were alone on the plane, she told me that her father had tried to have sex with her. When told about the incident, Donnie tells the documentary producers, he assaulted her, that would be like him. But is it true? It couldn't be. But you know what? I couldn't put it past him. I guess I wasn't there all the time, so it could be true. Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me, is available to stream on Netflix. What are your views? Leave a comment. This has been Grace Opa for Rising Above Shadows of Abuse. See you on our next episode. Be safe and be positive. Bye for now. You can leave your comments on our social media handles or our email address, risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Take care.